Bienvenida to the Latina Business Coach Podcast. I'm Jessica, your host, founder of Femina Society for Latina Entrepreneurs, mentor, and business strategist. This podcast is for you if you have a massive desire to be successful and you know you have crazy potential, but you're still wondering why you're not where you want to be or even how to get started. The thing that you're missing, it's called strategy. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this podcast because, Mija, you're trying to build an empire and you just need someone to tell you how. Lista? Let's go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Latina Business Coach Podcast. If you are new around here, we have a podcast that is focused on helping you start, grow, launch, scale your business, your big idea. So thank you guys for listening. I love to bring on special guests who are experts at what they do. Today's guest is a high-performance coach. She's in the process of getting her PhD, and I'm going to formally introduce her because literally her resume is so impressive. She's done so many amazing things, but we actually have not met in person yet. We met when COVID originally hit. We met uh, through a panel that our friend Stephanie Vasquez had and she is uh, the owner of the Fair Trade Cafe here in Arizona and also one of the founders of the AIA organization and Mujeres Mercado so shout out to Stephanie for connecting us when we were on that panel we just all got to talking and as soon as she started talking her energy and her knowledge was just coming through the screen and I could not wait to hang out with her in real life and since things are still kind of on pause right now we are just doing it via podcast episode so um, I know that she is still killing it throughout this global pandemic and I just knew that I wanted to bring her on for her to share some tips so I will formally introduce our guest you guys know that I love to read the bios to formally introduce my guests so that I don't miss anything so our guest today is Lene Javette. She facilitates the operation of various projects, websites, social media campaigns, and multi-day events. She's the CEO and founder of Upscale Noir, which is a premium lifestyle education and empowerment movement for people of color around the world. She successfully raised $10,000 in crowdfunding in her first attempt and her first entrepreneur endeavor, Cole Sire, which reached 3 million page views from over 1 million visitors in less than 7 months from launch. Lene has figured out how to use her power for good to help others and she has experienced so many obstacles in life but she hasn't let those keep her from working towards her goals. In less than 8 years, she's become an entrepreneur, She's become a social media superstar, a crowdfunding strategist, mogul catalyst, and a high-performance clarity coach. She's the founder of her own online business school, The Upscare University, and author of Stripping to Core, 11 Life Lessons to Help You Move Forward Through Your Past. And pretty much in other words, she just knows a thing or two about finding your power, using your purpose, and performing at a high level to reach your goals in life and in business. You guys, I'm so excited. Let's go. Hello, Lene. Thank you so much for joining us. How is it going? It's going great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me today. Of course. I'm so, so grateful that you agreed. I know that it's been such a busy time for you. I know that you are having one of your best, busiest months as a coach. And so thank you for just taking time aside and just having a conversation with me. And I'm so excited to learn 
about what you do. I have my notebook ready. My listeners know I'm a big avid note taker. So tell us about you. Right now I am up to kind of in the middle of a rebrand relaunch that happened in April. And at the recording of this uh, podcast, we are in July. So just gearing up for that in the middle of a pandemic, um, I feel like I had to almost halt everything and restructure after literally just restructuring. I know that right now is not a great time in the world. Let me preface what we're gonna what I'm gonna say with with that. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a good time right now for people to get to the next level to perform better. If you have if you're performing at a low level, this is a great time to increase and become a high performer because we have time. Um, some people some people have more money. I hear that people get more money in unemployment than they do with their job. Mm. Um, some people are doing really good in their business. So this is just such a great time, and and, and I'm just super excited to to be a part of it. Me too. I'm so excited. And I, I think that one of the things as entrepreneurs, it's almost like we were gearing up for a situation such as this. And we were, and some people I think have slowed down. And then some people have been like, nope, let me double down and like put it in second gear. And I see you, you've been showing up. You've, how do you feel like that's built momentum around this time for you? It's allowed me to be present. So right, like exactly what you said, there's some people that have, um, have said, I don't know how to market during this time. I don't know if I should be advertising. There's so much going on. I don't want to take away from these other conversations. Um, and so they're not doing anything because they're not really sure how to enter the conversation. And so for me and with what I do, I feel like this is the perfect time to be in this conversation because when you start thinking about um, economic empowerment, um, how do we educate our children? How do we create legacy? Um, how do we have more money? Like, there's no other time to do that than right now. So whatever it is that you are, feel passionate about, this is the time to double down. My passion is entrepreneurship, business development. I believe that the way that we increase our value for our family is to have a business. So that's whether you have a corporate job and you go to work every day, or you only are an an entrepreneur business owner, this is the time to be further developing your business, creating new products, Mm -hmm. learning how to survive through a pandemic, because this is not going to be the only one. I think that this coronavirus COVID situation has showed us and taught us how fragile we are as a society if something like this can come through and cap us at our knees. So this is a great time for rebuilding, repurposing, figuring out how to be in the conversation, figuring out how to come out of this thing like a phoenix. We're in phoenix, right? So yes. <laughs> like a phoenix, you know what I'm saying? Fly out of this. That's literally what I'm doing. I'm talking to people about how not to let this situation take you out, but also how to be prepared for the situation should it come again. Mm, Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, so then I'm like taking notes and three words that you just said that I wrote at the top was restructure, rebuild, and repurpose. Mm-hmm. How did you um, end up in coaching? Like, what did you do before this? Do you remember? What, what was your past life? You know what? That's a great question. <laughs> and a lot of times people don't ask me that, but I love to tell it because this was not my passion. This is not where I started. I was 24, maybe 24, 25. I was a brand new mom. Mm-hmm. I have a son. He was one years old and I was trying to figure out what is the world going to be like for him. And I literally just took out this paper and I started writing some of the experiences that I wanted him to have. I wanted him to be a world traveler. I wanted him to be respected. I wanted him to be well educated. I wanted to make sure that he had a good choice in wife. I wanted to make sure that he could freely come and go through the world. I wanted to make sure he lived to to see his birthdays and and to become a full grown man. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of jotted down some different things, some experiences that I wanted him to have. 
And I sent it to my Yahoo. That's how long ago this was, right? I'm, Ten years later, Barack Obama is president. The racial climate is intense. And so I pulled that document out and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know what? This is bigger than just having experiences for my son. Like I want all young African-American boys and people to have this experience. I need to turn this into a business so that we can elevate who we are and, and how we're perceived and let people know that we're not the stereotypes that you see on TV. Let us know that we're not the stereotypes that you see on TV, right? I created my first business, which was called Cold Fire. It's a play on the word culture and desire because I felt like where we were as a society, as a people, as a community, we had the same cultural desires as our great, 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 great grandfathers, as our mm -hmm. ancestors, right? To be respected, to get the same level of education as everybody else, not to have to deal with police brutality, um, to live where we want, to, to be valuable to the dollars that we make at our jobs. That, that's the same. It, it didn't change. That's, those are our cultural desires. I started Colfire. It just, it did good in less than seven months. We had already had over 3 million page views. We were in 217 countries and territories. I had over 50,000 people following me on social media. And it just did really, really good numbers wise. And so when people saw that, they were like, how did you do it? Teach me, teach me how you did social media, teach me how you did your marketing, teach me how you came up with your website, teach me how you did all these things. That's how I got into coaching, like just teaching people what I did. Now, here's the funny thing. I wasn't making any money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so when you start talking about performance, right? It, it looked like everything was good. And, and, and from the numbers perspective, I was performing well in the public. But on the backside, the money wasn't matching up. So the monetization piece of it wasn't there. So I went from Colsire to coaching. As a coach, I was branding myself as a mogul because I used to hashtag mogul in training. Mogul in training was my moniker. People really enjoyed the concept of being a mogul, but everybody couldn't see themselves as Oprah. Some people just want to have a new car or a new house or go to college or not be on uh, food stamps. Like it's, it's not zero to a hundred, it's yes. zero to 17 or one to five, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that business I monetized and I made good money. And so how I got to where I am today with Upscale Noir was I had to go back to my passion. What I'm passionate about is Cole Sire, educating, teaching, encouraging, empowering. What I'm good at and I get paid for is coaching, showing people how to do what I do. So with Upscale Noir, it's my trifecta. I get to Upscale Noir, or Black if you will, in the areas of business, life, career, and I coach and I teach and I mentor, but now I've, I've figured out a way to make my passion profitable by filling a purpose. And that's my, my trifecta, purpose, power, and passion. And I tell people all the time, if you can do all three, you've got it. And as an entrepreneur, sometimes we, we, we launch on purpose and we don't know how to make it profitable. Yeah. Or we launch on passion. And we don't know how to make it profitable or you launch on profit, but you hate it. So you're not passionate about it. So you make money, but you're sad. So if you can get all three, you're doing something. And I finally have found a way to do all three. So that's a really long story on how I got to be a coach. Uh, no, that's an amazing story. And even in your story, I'm still like learning and taking notes. So that's how you know that our stories are, you know, there's power in them and, and there's always something to learn, even just from people's experiences. My back end story was that I, I had heard that so often 
you know what, follow your passion and make your passion your paycheck, right? And people will say that. Well, for me, my struggle was that I took that too literal and I was multi-passionate. So I was like, let me do all of the things. Let me have seven streams of income. You know how people will say like, oh, well, every every millionaire has seven streams of income. So I was like, okay, let me open a spa. Let me have a t-shirt business. Let me do some network marketing. I was selling out of the trunk of my car, like at Target. Like that's my backend story. I love the hustle. I can tell you do too. Like, I don't know. It just fires us up. So we're like, yeah, yeah. T-shirts. Yeah, I could sell those. Oh, like health products. Yeah, I could do that. Like we're just passionate about helping people and also just growing. So what would you say to somebody that is listening and they're like, okay, I'm multi-passionate. And so how do I pick the passion? I want to say, I want your intake on that. You know what? You made such a good point. So this is where I think people get it a little bit twisted, right? Let me say, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. This is my opinion because somebody else may come back and be like, well, that's not how I did it. But this is just, this is my, this is my two cents, right? A lot of times when we're talking about seven streams of revenue or we're talking about being multi-passionate, if it's in the same house, I think it works, right? And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. When I think it gets to be hard or it becomes a job because I don't want to work. Like I do not want to work. I get up every day and do what I do, but it's not work because I enjoy it and I'm passionate about it. The reason why entrepreneurship becomes a job is when you're doing seven different things. I am a coach. I'm a plumber. I'm a gymnast. I'm going to sell t-shirts. I'm going to do Uber and I'm going to fly a plane and I'm going to pick up trash. None of the, the, all seven of those things are completely different things. Yes. So you have to do different marketing, different websites, different audiences. Everything is different. That is stressful. I'm a mom. I, I believe you're a mom too. Mary. Yes. Mom. We don't have time for that. <laughs> Anybody got time for that? Mm-hmm. When you think about being multi-passionate, you think about seven streams, Think about how you can have them in the same house. So I am a strategist. I'm a coach, but really I'm just a dope strategist. As a strategist, seven different streams for me would be YouTube income when I go live, when I do YouTube, right? So to grow my platform to a thousand and go live, that's revenue. To your point, having a store. So I can sell merchandise, not my products, but merchandise. So my t-shirts, my journals, um, any type of a game or something that I want, my book, you know what I'm saying? That's a different stream of revenue. Then of course I have my coaching, which is one-on-one. I'm not big on on trading time for money. So I'm really trying to work myself out of that. Hmm. But then I also have an online school. So if you can't work with me, then you can go onto my platform, Upscale University, and you can take a class from me. This is passive income. I don't have to talk to you. I don't got to teach you. I've already recorded it and I make money from it. Then you have advertising or sponsorship. That's a completely different revenue. You've grown your audience. People pay you to get in front of it or to talk to you. You have a podcast. That's a different type of advertising. We're at six. Seven, speaking. Speaking is another stream of revenue that you can have. And we haven't even talked about a product. Like if you actually have a product that you sell, that's eight streams of revenue and they're all in the same house doing what you already do. That's Mm. not work. And yet each one of those streams brings a, a different type of revenue there's eight of them, but they're still on brand and on purpose with whatever it is that you're doing or whoever it is that you are, whatever type of business you have. It's not difficult to have eight streams of revenue or seven streams of revenue or five streams of revenue, 
if they, you do them under the same house. But if you try to go and get seven different jobs, that's difficult. Yeah, it's true. There's so many different ways that you can bring that revenue in. And I guess maybe the foundation of the house would be your personal brand. And I think that's something that you do really well. And I think that's also why I, I really wanted to bring you on and talk to you too, Linnea, is because you have a really specific type of woman that you like to work with. Like, who do you feel like you go back and help and why? Do you feel like it's a version of you or you have a little special place in your heart for that person? You know what? God, this you you have got the best questions ever. <laughs> Man, you. let me tell you. So I want to have a good combo. I'm telling you, I've been I've been excited for this. So I'll tell you. So let me let me preface this that question with I was super excited when you asked me to be on your podcast. I was just first of all, I was floored and enamored with just meeting you at the AA online event that we did, right? Yes. And when I walked away from that event and people asked me like, what was that experience? Like, I was like, do you know that Hispanics, and I hope that's the right way to say it. They have yeah. the same issues that we have as black people. Like, I was like, we literally, I got on there and I was more of a spectator. I was kind of quiet. I wasn't really sure what, how it was going to go or what to do, what to say. But I, in sitting in that, I was like the same issues. We're talking about the same things. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it was super cool. So when I walked away, I was like, I, was, I had the best, time. It was one of the best experiences that I've had. Me too. And it helped me to better and talk about who I want to help. Kind of how I preface that to, to now to the question is, I don't only deal with Black people or African-Americans. Like, like that's not what I only do. Right. It's who I focus on and it's who my target market is. And the reason why that is, is because nobody else does. When you look at media or you look at programs or you look at business, it's made for the majority. And we are, you guys can't see me in podcasts. I'm doing bunny ears, but we're the minority. <laughs> and so content isn't created for us. Education's not created for us. Capital for businesses, we don't get it all the time. What I do is make sure that we get access to the same information that other communities get. When I go to uh, trainings or conferences or I'm investing in myself, sometimes I'm the only black person in the room. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that it is, that's the case. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm one of a handful because as a community, either we don't have the funds to be in those rooms, we don't understand or realize how important it is to be in those conversations and know what trends are coming or know what's happening in business. I've taken that on myself to go into these rooms and to go to these trainings and to go to these conferences to find out what's happening. And then I bring it back to my community. Yes. And I don't discriminate against anybody. I just want to make sure that my community gets this information, but anybody who wants it can have it. It's true. I think that that's why I, our visions are very aligned because it really is coming from a place of serving. And like you said, just bringing back those equal resources to our community. Something that I think we have in common is also that maybe people are not on the wave yet of understanding the importance of investing in yourself, of personal development, of having a coach for different things. Mm -hmm. And I think it also is culturally because we, we want to be independent women. We don't need anybody. We're going to do it ourselves. That kind of sometimes carries into our business. Like, oh, I'm going to do this by myself. I'm self-made. But even the best, the best of the best has like 10, 15 different coaches, right? Like the best people still have coaches in their corner and it just accelerates the process. And that was something that you said earlier too, was just helping people get to the next level 
faster. Whenever you're about to create content or when you're stuck, like for example, in this pandemic and you're like, okay, I'm in my own head, but I realize it's not about me. I'm going to talk to a specific person. Like, what are they like? So it's so funny that you ask me that only because let me tell you how, again, I was super impressed with Lola, right? And so I was like, I need my, oh, her name is Lola, right? Yeah. My okay. ideal client's name is yeah. Lola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you remember that. That's so funny. Yes. Yes. And when I tell you, you left an impression, you left an impression. So mm-hmm. I had to go and find my client's name, my ideal person. Her name is Kendra. Girl, I found yes. her, name. her name is Kendra. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. So I found Kendra. Uh, I'm looking at my Canva as we're speaking right now. Kendra has a face. She has a little portfolio. I have five pictures of her so I can see what she looks like. So when I'm creating content, I'm specifically talking to Kendra now, right? Yes. So she's an African-American woman between 35 to 55. She's either married or single. That doesn't matter. She's either an entrepreneur or an executive that's transitioning to entrepreneur. Kendra is a multi-passionate entrepreneur that wants to perform at a high level. So she's me and you, Jessica. Yes. Right? Um, she's a high performer. It's, she's, it's not industry specific, but she needs clarity on the end goal or the result that she wants to achieve. So she's really just struggling with how can I perform at a high level to bring my thought, my business, my plans, my actions into alignment with the result that I actually want. Mm. Kendra is so high performing. She either has too many ideas and can't pick one to execute, or she's trying to execute them all at one time and nothing is getting accomplished. Again, I'm going to raise my hand because that was me. Me too. It's still me, right? Kendra has many pain points. She spends a lot of time thinking and planning and not enough doing, mostly because she isn't clear on where or how to start. Kendra has a never-ending to-do list because she can't sit down long enough to focus on completing it. She struggles with monetizing her ideas in her business, and she has a lot of moving pieces that should be strategically laid out with milestones, accountability, and someone to guide her. Let me tell you that you brought, you made me sit and do that, Jessica. <gasps> I did me sit and put Kendra together. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love Kendra and like her and Lola, who's my ideal client, like they're for sure friends. They're friends. No, I know. Yeah. They're for sure friends. They're from the, they're cut from the same fabric, just like me and you. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And honestly, the reason why I always like to think back is because sometimes people will get stuck on, well, what should I do? Right. Or how am I going to do this? And if you go back to who, I really want to help Kendra. I really want to help Lola. And this is what she's struggling with. And so now when I'm thinking of who specifically, now I can create, what does she need help with during this pandemic and all of these crazy things happening? Like, what does she need to hear? Right? Like, Hey, you're still doing so well throughout the pandemic and all these crazy things happening is also because you're still moving forward and you're letting Kendra know and every other listener know too, like, Hey, yeah, things are crazy, but you got to keep going because you have so many ideas that we don't have a time. We don't have time for a pause. Yep. We don't have time for a pause. That really makes me excited that you drew that out. And thank you for sharing that with me. I didn't expect that. I should have probably told you sooner, but when I knew we were talking, I wanted to definitely make sure that I let, let you know that, you know, we, sometimes we cross a person's path and it could be really quick. It was our first meeting. We were on a panelist, so we didn't speak directly 
But just listening to you present and listening to you talk, I was like, this chick is bad. Like, I like her style. I go and find me a Lola. <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt the same way about you too. I was like, she, yeah, she's bad. I'm like, I want to hang out with her. And even when I see your content come up, I'm like, we are on the same path. We, our visions are very aligned. And so that's why I was like, you know what? Let me see what Lene is up to right now, how she's feeling with everything. So I will tell you that an area that I struggled in for a long time was what do I do? Like I help people accomplish their goals, but how do you monetize that? Like, and, and it's not the sexy stuff, right? It's not branding. It's not marketing. It's not sales. It's not personal brand. It's not the sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's performance. It's literally the stuff that you have to do on a consistent basis. It's the getting clear on what you need to do. It's the identifying the steps that you jumped over because somebody told you that you'd make the best lotion and you decided to start a lotion business, but you didn't think who's the lotion for and how you're going to brand it and where are those people located at and how do you talk to them? But then you say, I don't understand why my business isn't doing good. Well, you're not performing well, (laughs) you know, you're not operating your business properly. You didn't actually develop a business. You just jumped out there and started doing it. And here's the thing. Most people do it. Sometimes when I'm talking to somebody, they'll be like, you know, I don't understand why my business isn't doing good. And I've watched all these YouTube videos and I downloaded all these freebies and it's still not doing good. (laughs) That was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Both hands raised. (laughs) And so, and I tell this story. I lost so much money when I first became an entrepreneur. When I left my my last job, I was the executive assistant at an aerospace company, the CEO, the president, and me. At that position, I got my bachelor's degree and my MBA. And my boss would ask questions about business and how to govern a business and how to operate a business. And I would sit in his meetings on his behalf with the VP of operations, the VP of the company, if you could think of an executive leadership team. Yeah. And he would talk to me about strategy. What, you know, why should we do this over that? How is this going to play out in two years, three years, four years, five years? And I'd be like, why are you thinking that far in advance? And he was like, that's how you operate a business. Mm. And I had to learn the difference between running a business and operating a business. Okay. It's how you perform. It's literally performance. That's what separates a a business that runs versus a business that operates. Mm. And so even when I became a coach, I realized that I was using my experiences to help people run a business. And so it wasn't until I decided to go back to school because I'm in school right now for performance psychology. Yes, I did not realize. I'm in school right now. I'm in a doctorate program for performance psychology because I was like, how can I help people be better performers? Mm. Because we think it's our brand's not right. We think it's my messaging isn't right or my YouTube's not popping. How are you performing? How are you showing up? What did you develop? What did you take time to put into place? And so I really focus on performance because if you really think about the things that you want or have in your life or what you don't have in your life, it all comes back to performance. Hmm. You didn't perform well in your job, so you didn't get the, pr- the promotion. You didn't perform well in your fitness, so you haven't lost the weight. You didn't perform well in your marriage, that's why you're getting a divorce. You didn't perform well in your business, that's why you're not making money. You d- you're not performing well in writing out your target market, that's why you're not talking to the people. You're not performing well in your social media, that's why nobody's following you. Like Everything is our performance. How we show up, what we do on a regular basis, 
the time we invested to make sure that we're doing it right. Back to, again, when I first started my business, I spent $8,500 on a website. I paid a designer to do what a developer should have done, but I didn't know that at the time. Then I hired a developer for $2,500 to do what needed to get done. And she taught me how to do it. And then I launched my business with a website that was $65 and I did it myself. And that's the website that literally got me 3 million pages. Once I learned how to perform, I was great. But before I knew how to perform, I was asking all the wrong questions because I didn't even know what the right questions to perform were. Right. Back to your initial question. I myself had to become my own client coach and really figure out how I don't want to just coach people and tell them, you know, what to do or how to do. I want to make them better performers. I want you to perform better in your business or be a better performer in your life and your business will do well. Be a better performer in your business and your finances will do well. Everything begets the other thing. And so it's why I really like to do what I do. And also because I, it's holistic. Mm. I think performance is holistic. We have to balance family time. We have to balance husband time. We have to balance client time. We have to balance household times. We have to personal time. Okay. If you can get that, you know what I'm saying? It's just a lot. Yes. And the thing too is that I have never thought of it as a performance and also maybe just not for it to be confused with performing like look at me, like this is a dance performance or me on stage. Like what would you define performance better as? So it's like, because we can all perform, we can all pretend like we're doing a choreography or we're all doing the dance, but what does it really mean to, to perform? So true performance is the habits that you create and you do on a consistent basis. Now in the, in the performance community, there is a debate on whether a person should be a high performer or a peak performer, right? And I'll let you answer that. Do you want to be a high performer or a peak performer? And then I'm going to tell you the difference. So I would say a high performer. My first thought is because it's consistent. A peak is like the top. Exactly. Do you know how hard it is to climb up a mountain, right? You climb, and, I, and I wish you guys could see me. Y'all can't see me, but I'm literally doing the, the moves. The, the, the running man. Yeah. <laughs> And then you struggle and you get there and you reach the peak and you get the pinnacle and you get the prize. And then you got to walk down a hill mm. and then you got to do it again. It gets tiring to have those peaks and valleys. And it's why people, you know, they work really hard and they get some level of accomplishment and then they plateau because they feel like I've reached my peak. What else is there to do? High performance is where you operate on a high level consistently. So you're always performing at a high level. You're collecting your accolades, you're hitting your milestones, but you continue to move forward. But those are habits that you create. That's consistency. That's doing it when you don't feel like doing it. That's doing it because it needs to be done. That's automation. That's operation. That's being proactive. To your point, a performance performing, you get up on stage, you read some lines and you get off and it's done. Performance mm. is consistent. You're not pretending. It's who you are. It's what you do. Not to say you don't have bad days. I, had, I ate a cookie the other day. I'm supposed to be losing weight. It's not to say you don't do what you're not supposed to do. I didn't post on Instagram stories yesterday. It's not to say you don't do what you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. but you bounce back quicker and say, oh, I got to, oh, I didn't, I dropped the ball. Let me get on it. 
it's bobbing and weaving, it's balance, it's being intentional about the results that you want to receive continuously on a consistent basis. Yeah. And you're right. That doesn't sound sexy. Like, oh, consistency. Oh, doing things when I don't want to, you know, when we think of being in business for ourselves, being entrepreneurs, like, oh, well, I'm, I always say this, but it's kind of like Beyonce, like you don't have to call into work because you're the boss, right? Like you're like, well, I am the boss. I'm going to give myself a day off today. You know what? You work really hard. I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to sleep in or whatever. Right. And, and when you show up to your job, which is your business like that, um, you almost have to reflect and be like, okay, would I hire me? would I hire me like this or would I fire me? And, and that's the, that's the hard part when we are in business for ourselves is like, okay, well today wasn't a big, you know, a high performance day. So would I have been fired for this or would I have gotten that promotion? So we have to be our own best employee and then also our own best boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son's dad was here like last week and uh, he was here at my house and I was telling him, I was like, I had to do a lot. I had to work really hard these past three days in order to take the next two days off because my boss be tripping. And he was like, don't you work for yourself? I was like, yeah. And she is, she crazy. Like she don't play. If you don't get your work done, she don't let you off. And he was like, but you work for yourself. I was like, yes. Yeah. I am the boss. And yes. my and the boss is crazy. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, mm-mm. We still check you. I still look at my calendar like, okay, I'm looking over my shoulder, right? Yes. Get your work done this week or you didn't do this. You got to cancel Saturday. You can't go. Like, it's serious. There's a meme. It's the lady, uh, Shark Tank. Lori. And the meme says something like, to become an entrepreneur, you have to quit your 40 hour a week job to work 80 hours for yourself. Mm. And it's the truth. I literally just talked to a client the other day. She just started her business, bless her heart, July 1st. And she was like, I need to spend more time with my family. I don't understand why this isn't working. I was like, honey, you are 17 days into this. Let me tell you, give up your family for the next year or two. And she got her eyes got all big. And I was like, I don't mean give them up, but there's not going to be balance. You need to be looking for some harmony. As an entrepreneur, you're going to work harder than you worked at a day job. So if you're used to working nine to five and coming home and kissing your kids and and spending time with your husband and doing, you're not going to have that as an entrepreneur early on. Let me me say early on. I don't want nobody to get scared out there. Yeah, people's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became an entrepreneur for freedom. (laughs) Early on, you got to put in some work. Like you got to put in some work. I'm eight years in and now girl i'm off in december i take the whole month of december off people december off yes i would go hard for 11 months for december don't call me thing Mm -hmm. i want to refresh regroup i go to sedona for three days i'm on the mountain i pray i meditate i think about what's happening the next year i need my vibrations to be high that's freedom. Yeah. And a lot of people think that when they, you know, like freedom to them is like, oh, well, you know what? I'll just have a business. And then once I make it, I'll go and go to the beach and just drink margaritas all day. And, and I'm like, that might be cool for a week, but a true entrepreneur, right? Like we would go crazy. We would be like, so I'm retired. Like, this is it. Like, this is what I work so hard to do. And I think at that point, yeah, you would relax and you would enjoy it. What do you, what do you think? What we do is not work. Right. And when you love what you do, you can't be away from it. When you have to go to work on Monday and deal with Pam, your boss, you be. Uh, so I understand why people are like, I just want to be at the beach. When you're an entrepreneur, 
and you do what you love and you're profitable and you're living in your purpose and you're passionate about what you do, this is not work. I can't wait to get to my desk and talk to somebody. Yes. Yes to all of that. Okay. So here's my last question. What would you say to somebody that is waiting to start? I think that selfishly, we think of all the reasons why we're not ready, but it affects so many people down the line. Imagine if you would not have said yes, or if you didn't put that work in and all of the people that wouldn't have been able to start or been helped, what would you say to those people, right? It's just, it's a snowball effect. Like we think it's just about us, Mm -hmm. but when you have that calling and you don't show up, it's, it literally affects everyone. It does. For the person who has listened to the very end, this is going to be their, oh my God moment, right? Yep. So I was 12 years old when I had the vision of becoming a doctor. I wanted to go to Spelman, which is an HBCU in Atlanta, and I wanted to be an AKA, which is an sorority. And then I flunked out of ninth grade. And so I was like, well, there's that. I guess I'm not going to be a doctor, and I guess I'm not going to college, and I guess I won't be in a sorority. Um, 19, I decide to get a car, and I run it up under a truck, wrecked it, totaled it out. My best friend's uncle co-signed for that car and I'm 19. I need like $3,000, 2,500 bucks to be exact. In like a week or two, when you total out a car, they want their money right away. I'm 19. Why am I going to get $2,500? Mm-hmm. So started dancing, not performing on a stage, but performing in a club. I always say I went from performing to performance, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I'm dancing. <laughs> so I'm dancing in a club. I did that for like two and a half years. Uh, it was supposed to be for a week to get the money, but when I really made $2,500 in a week, I was like, oh, this money is good. So at 19, 20, 21, bringing in $5,000 a month cash, really, really, really hard to walk away from. Mm. By the time I was ready to walk away from it, I, I reached out to this lady who knew I was trying to get out of the business. And she was like, oh my God, she was like, I will pay you $100 or so an hour to come and take these pictures for me. There's this new thing called the World Wide Web. That's how what this is. And I have a private club. And if you take these pictures for me, I'll help you get out of the industry and by paying, you know, paying you a little bit extra money. I was a leasing agent. So I'm making like $400 a week, $5,000 a month to $1,600 a month. I was struggling. So I took these pictures for her on the World Wide Web that were in her private space. And I made the money, got out of the dancing world, moved to California, had my son. Fast forward 10 years, I started business. Fast forward three years, I make it, quote unquote, my business is doing good. I'm coaching, I'm teaching, I'm mentoring, I'm speaking, I'm stepping on stages. Somebody sends me a picture and I'm like, is is this you on the internet? Mm. It is me on the internet. So automatically I go into shutdown mode. Like, oh, I can't be successful. I I don't, I, I didn't have a fear of success. I had a fear of success. Can't be successful. I can't step out. I can't be too big. I can't talk too bright. I can't go too far. I can't do too much because people are going to learn about, see, find, hear these things I've done in my past. Mm. Now, everybody has their own reason for why they shrink themselves. I'm just giving you mine. Somebody else's reason for shrinking themselves is going to be, I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, I don't have enough money. I don't live on the right side of town. I come from the wrong community. I'm divorced. I'm fat. I'm black. I'm Hispanic. Everybody has a reason. So for me, it was my past. And somebody might be past. It might be jail. It might be drugs. Insert your story right here. I had to have a come to Jesus moment. My, my moment was in dealing with, how did you get to where you are today, Lene? 
And when I go back and think about it, well, if I had never gotten it down, I would have never taken the pictures. If I hadn't taken the pictures, I wouldn't have moved to California. If I wouldn't move to California, I wouldn't have met my son's father and I wouldn't have my son. If I didn't have my son, I wouldn't have sat down and wrote Cole Sire. If I hadn't wrote Cole Sire, I wouldn't have became known as a coach. If I wouldn't have become known as a coach, I wouldn't have decided to be a better uh, performer. And I wouldn't have went back to school to become full circle, a doctor. Hmm. Vision at 12, fruition at 40. Not a straight line by any means. But at 12 year old, 12 years old, I was given the vision of a doctor and I thought it was to be a gynecologist and to deliver babies and to help people out. Who knew at 40, I would decide to go back to school and become a doctor. I am in a sorority. I did not go to the school that I thought I was going to go to, but I still brought my fruition all the way full circle. It didn't look anything like how I thought it was going to look. It wasn't a direct line. It was painful, hurtful, embarrassing, frustrating. I've lost myself a couple of times, but I still made it to where I am today. I'm nowhere near where I want to be by any means. But what if I just hadn't taken a step in the right direction? The thing that I was running from is literally what propelled me to be able to sit here and have this conversation with you today, Jessica. The yeah. thing that my biggest mistake or to what I, what I feel is, let me say my interpretation is my biggest mistake. But if I really get with God and I think about it, if he had told me at 12, the type of doctor I was going to be and what I was going to have to go through and the experiences that I was going to have, I would have been like, I'm cool. <laughs> I don't need to be a doctor. Yeah. I don't want to teach people about performance. I don't want to help people. I, I can't handle it. I can't carry that weight. It's too much. But because I just had to live life, let the, the cards fall as they, as they will, I'm able to sit here with you today. I've carried that burden of dancing in those pictures for 20 years before I was really in a place to be able to, to let it go and, and, and say, hey, if somebody doesn't see my hard work, they don't see how far I've come, and they don't know that I was a 20-year-old who made bad choices and decisions, I, I came from low self-esteem, from promiscuity, and I had to pull myself and push and pull myself out of that place to get here today, and they don't understand that or see my hard work or see what I do or see why I do it, then that's on them and it's not on me. My only job is to do the work. My only job is to show up. My only job is to teach and preach and talk and mentor and educate and do the best that I can for who I am and where I am today. And so what I would tell somebody who may be struggling with getting their message out or figuring out what they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to do it or stumbling over obstacles, just do it. Like, and it sounds so cliche. I mean, it, it literally sounds cliche, but it really is just take one step. Hmm. Just one, one step, one win, one victory, one move in the right direction opens the next door. And that opens the next door and that puts you in position for the next door, which has the opportunity, which takes you to the next level that gets you where you're literally supposed to be. And I can almost guarantee that at some point in your life, you were given a vision for who you are. You were given a vision for where you're supposed to be. And we discounted it or we didn't think it was supposed to be us or something else in your life happened that made you think, oh, it's never going to happen. It can happen, but you just have to take a step towards it 
and just believe that it's for you. I'm literally living proof. I will graduate with my PhD next year and I will be a doctor at 45 off of a vision that I had when I was 12. Mic drop. Um, I'm like this whole time I'm like fighting back tears. Oh my gosh. I'm just so proud of you. And thank you for sharing that story and for really just for being transparent. Everything that you said, yes, a hundred percent, just, I guess, to tie things up. And I'm sure you'll, you will agree is that no matter what your background is, no matter what you what you've been through, no matter what your education is, mm-hmm. it, it is that opportunity to become who you were always meant to be. Thank you so much, Lenny, for this conversation. I'm so grateful. I took so many notes, but also just went on this roller coaster with you. And I'm just so happy to know you and to see how far you've come. I'm so proud of you. And it's just such a great example for women everywhere. It was amazing. Thank you again so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. If you want to keep hearing podcasts like this, nothing inspires me more than seeing that people are subscribing. So please subscribe, please leave a review, and tell me what are some of the key lessons you learned and how you're going to apply this to your business. Also, can you do one more thing for me? Take a screenshot and post it. I'll definitely share it and just remember one more thing. You could be one strategy away from making it big. Hasta la próxima! Say goodbye, Latina business coach. Say goodbye, Latina business coach.